Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I will be your host. And in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about traveling to Disney with someone with disabilities or if you have a disability. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. Agent Consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. And back in our production facility, we have our producer, Craig Williams. Hello. Again, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, We want to talk to you a little bit about uh, traveling with someone with disabilities or if you have a disability and going to Disney. But I want to make sure I put it out there right away that this is not an all-encompassing, comprehensive, you know, covering everybody's situation. This is kind of sort of a little bit of a high-level talk about it, specifically concentrating on some of the changes that have occurred uh, for folks in the parks who need special assistance. Um, again, we will not be able to cover every issue, every situation. So please understand that if we don't get to your situation, it's just something we can't cover in a show. So one of the things, the reasons why this came up is Tracy recently traveled to Disney. Um, was it your mom who needed a scooter? Yeah, my mom okay. was in an ECV. And it had been, like we had, Chris was in a scooter last year um, when he had broken his foot. But we didn't really do a lot of attractions. It never really was an issue. It didn't seem that much different. So it had been a couple years since we'd been with my mom where we really were doing attractions and kind of living the scooter life, sort of. Um, And I was surprised that a number of things had changed um, since the last time we had done it. I wasn't prepared. So I didn't research ahead of time. Did you, so. <laughs> did you have a scooter from an outside company, or you just went to Disney during In the day? In this case, we rented them from Disney. We were staying okay. at the campground, and it was a little bit inconvenient getting you know, the internal bus system and stuff. Sure. So we decided just to rent it in the parks for the three days that she was going to be there. Um, so we did not use an outside company. But you can use outside companies to rent your scooters. In most cases, it will be cheaper. Um, you can rent them by the week as opposed to by the day that Disney charges. Um, as well as you'll then have it for other areas outside of the parks. So if you need it, it can be a walk from the bus to the park entrance, you know, if you need it for that distance or you're going to go to Disney Springs or explore around your resort. There you certainly say, could be other resort, reasons. There could be quite some walking. So, you know, get there it delivered be. to the resort. Just make your life a lot easier, yeah. I think. And one of the things that changed in recent years with Disney is they have um, implemented uh, what they call like featured providers. Yes. Um, so if they're a featured ECV provider, they can actually drop your ECV off at the resort and leave it with bell services for you to get. If you were renting from a non-featured um, company, that just means that you need to meet them in person and do the exchange. So they're not able to just leave it with bell services. There's a great many companies out there that provide There's a uh, lot. ECV scooters, wheelchairs. So Disney has just narrowed it down to their preferred providers right. that they give access to. But there's a lot out there. I'm sure you could do some shopping around. Yeah. For sure. One of the nice things about using the preferred person is that, you know, usually if it's left at Bell Services or something like that, they know to take care of it and they know to hold it for you. You don't have to physically be there. Right. Because it'd be hard to coordinate. You know, if you're flying in with getting Magical Express, it can be hard to coordinate, you know, the logistics of meeting somebody to pick up or you have to do it on your first full day and you're taken out of park time. So did you uh, so did you drive to the park or you took? Disney transportation and then we had done both when we went to the Magic Kingdom we used Disney transportation Um, we used the boat Um, and my mom also has a walker so she used her walker 
um, to get to the point where we rented the scooter and Disney will actually store that for you. So if you bring your own walker or you have your own manual chair and you're getting an ECV or crutches even, um, they'll give you a little tag claim check and they'll store it what you, you know, they'll store it there for you in that area. So we just picked it back up when we were done. The nice thing too, is if you're driving and you get to, um, you park in the parking lot and you park in the disabled parking areas, there are wheelchairs there. Right. And we had done that at a couple of the parks where we had drove and she has a handicap parking sticker. So, um, we parked relatively close and they had those, you know, lender chairs. chairs. Yeah. And so we used one of those just to get her from, get you get somebody from your car to the front of the park where you can actually get them a scooter. Uh, what parks did you get the scooters in? Uh, magic kingdom, um, Epcot and animal kingdom. Studios was quite a bit less walking, especially now. Um, and where their accessible parking is is really close to the entrance. Yes. So there yeah. she used just her walker, and, and she was okay with that. It was a shorter day. What did you find different? What were you surprised about? I was surprised, especially at the Magic Kingdom, that a lot of the queues had changed. So, you know, there's a lot of queues. Like the first one we came across was Haunted Mansion, where you can't take the ECV through the line, and they're no longer taking people through the exit to enter. There used to be a different way to enter when Mm -hmm. you had an ECV at the Haunted Mansion. They don't do that anymore. You actually park the ECV, kind of like stroller parking, and they have manual chairs there. So you take the manual chair and you push the manual chair through the line. We did have fast passes, so we take the manual chair through the fast pass line. Um, but you could know we could no longer take the ECV through. And my understanding is there's a number of attractions like that. Um, Disney provides um, a disability guidebook for each of the parks, and it is available in its totality online. So you may want to check that out ahead of time based on what attractions you want to see and kind of be familiar with their load and unload um, and what's available. So one of the things I think is important to point out is a lot of times, I mean, it's the best way to say this, people who are a bit insensitive think that people who use scooters are lazy mm-hmm. and perhaps they get some special treatment at Disney. Now think about this. You're trying to be sensitive to them? I'm trying to, well, I'm trying to put it in a sensitive way and not say what I really want to say. So think about this now. This person who has limited mobility now has to pay money for this scooter get in the park, is now wants to ride Haunted Mansion like everybody else. Now you've got to transfer to a manual wheelchair to actually get on the physical ride. I mean, this is a lot of work for somebody. It and is. what happens if you're traveling alone? Oh, my gosh. I can't even – I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Uh, for the most be. part, I – we had a cast member that was very helpful with us at the Haunted Mansion, and he went above and beyond for us. Um, my understanding is that I don't believe a cast member could push you through the line. Um, so if you're on your own, um, I don't know that you could. Now, this isn't all attractions. The problem is I'm going to devil's advocate for a second. There was a need to change it as well, the, the way it worked, because there's so many more now. First mm-hmm. of all, the parks are busier. So just by sheer right. numbers, there's going to be more. Um, and it's just... There were so many of them. So there were situations where when they were in, they were in regular queues with the ECVs, you know, people are getting run over, or kids are getting run over. The particular cast member we were talking to said they had a problem at the Haunted Mansion because they would bring them in um, a separate area, and they had, you know, cast members were getting hit, and it's it dark, dark back there. there. Yeah. Um, so there's a safety concern, and I kind of understand what was happening with them because there just were so many more of them. There's also a large number of the population that are aging. Yes, no, for sure. Baby, large, boomers are the aging. baby boomers are aging. 
I was going to throw in from the person who actually worked in a theme park, their perspective on it. I know there has been times uh, back when I did work. I don't know if the policies had changed, but there was, uh, I would say, maybe a handful of times where I did get a guest with an ECV by himself that would have to transfer into a chair. And as long as there was someone extra available and also willing to help then then we would because it's it's not like you know you hear the classic thing about a guest who might need a little extra assistance like i you know i'm trying to get up out of a ride vehicle can i please take your hand you're supposed to no yeah i can offer you my arm but you have to do the heavy lifting to get up and out with this i always felt like and maybe i was breaking the rules but i always felt like it's not Unless I purposely go and drive you into a wall in a wheelchair, there's no way for me to do harm to you. There's only a way for me to help you and be a service of you. So as long as we were staffed, I know that I would do it as well you as other people. physically pick somebody up and put yeah. them on a ride? <laughs> no, not physically pick oh, okay. them up. I was and put, trying to figure out where no, you're going. In terms of so a wheelchair. Like pushing, pushing them in a wheelchair through, through a queue. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. Picking, you are never allowed to I was just going to say, because I think yeah. that might cross the line. No, no, no. <laughs> that, physically picking somebody the, up. The family would have to do that in yeah, that okay. case. And, I mean, we ran into that, too, where they're able to get into a wheelchair, but then not able to transfer into a ride vehicle it's it's tough but i have also seen the backside of it with this the transfer to a wheelchair i have seen guests get stuck in the middle of queues because ecvs have snuck past them and especially the ones that were uh that are at the theme parks at universal and disney uh you've seen them a million times they are not tight turners and there is not a single queue out there that doesn't have at least one tight turn in there and it turns into that scene in Austin Powers where you have a vehicle trying to get its way turned around in a wall and, and it's just and back and, and forth, forth banging, 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 banging. So it, it's, yeah, it, it's one of those things I know Imagineers and Universal has tried to be present about it, but uh, when, when it's not, when it, it, that does happen, it's not because they don't want ECVs in always banging stuff up. It's not really that. It's just, it wasn't designed right, the exactly. right way. Right, right. I don't believe that Disney's changing these rules specifically to make things more yeah. difficult for somebody. I just think there's rules they have to change. Yeah. What else did you notice as being a difference between last visit and this visit? I think that that was the biggest difference and the biggest surprise to me was the accessibility with the ECV mm-hmm. and where we could. So I found myself at every attraction finding a cast member to ask how to handle it at that attraction. Um, had I... They used to. I mean, maybe it was just so busy, but they used to have someone at the end of every line that would see somebody who need assistance and say, okay, you have to either go to this I find there's or- so much happening at an entrance now that I mm. was often seeking somebody out and that I wasn't just automatically directed. So if you think of what's happening at an entrance now, and they do have usually a couple cast members, you've got people going fast past, people going standby. There's also people holding a handheld device for those with the, um, the DAS. It was a dis- disability access service card. It replaced the GAC. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The DA, yeah. So they, what happens with those is now that's all changed as well. Um, the old program had changed. It evolved into this new program. And now that's all electronic. So that was the other change that I had wanted to talk about was now they can do it with your magic band. So you go to guest services with the person who requires the assistance. They take a photo of them. Um, and then they, they link their 
them with all of the travel party up to six people so that everybody goes together and so now when you go to an attraction um, you're no longer just like using the exit or the fast pass line automatically you're given a return time so that return time um, they scan your magic band and they say you know your return time and now it's in your my disney experience account so you can see when your return time is you come back and you go through the fast pass line so they eliminate that you know card that yep. was an issue that people were It was, and unfortunately, you know, we used that card for a number of years with Ben, and there was a lot of room for abuse in that system. Um, and you know how it goes with people. If there's a, some, a way to abuse it, they'll find it. What if I don't have um, a magic band? I don't wear a magic band. What and then would they, they would use your card the same way. They would scan your card. Your uh, park pass? Yeah, but my, yeah. Okay. They would have to figure out, you know, with your, because you would still, whatever method you're using to get fast passes, you know, if you're scanning your card or, or whatever it is. Um, so you can still use, like I say, use these two systems in conjunction with each other because now you can still get your three fast passes for the park, use that. These uh, return times that you get for the disability card, um, you get those one at a time. So you go to an attraction, they give you a return time, you come back, you know, for whatever the wait would have been. So it gives you the option, which is what we always needed. We always needed to be able to wait in an alternate area where available just so that he wasn't in, we yeah. weren't in the queue. Uh, and for a lot of people, that's the issue. Yeah. Know when you go to get this, first of all, what's changed too is that you don't have to go every day. Uh, so now when you get it, it's good for your length of stay. So when you get it, you know, your first day of your trip, it covers your length of stay. If you're an annual pass holder and a local, it's good for 60 days. Is this something you get in the theme park or can you get it at your resort? No, you get it in the theme park at guest services. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and then you would go to each attraction to get your return time. Um, another thing with these is, I think I mentioned it, you can only get one at a time. They're good up to six people. Um, they're not eliminating weight. Right. So, and that was never the purpose. The purpose of this program always was to level the playing field for those who needed it. It wasn't to give an advantage. Um, so it's not eliminating weight. It's just making it a little bit easier for those that would have trouble with a regular queue for whatever reason. Most people with a mobility issue don't need that. Like for my mom with the scooter, we did not need that separate accommodation. Um, that's a totally different thing. And for most people, using a mobility device would help their issue with waiting in line. You know, they can't stand for long periods of time or, or whatever that might be. Um, You're talking about someone might have a child with right. special needs that exactly. can't wait yeah. in the line, doesn't have that yeah. ability to do you so. You may have adults, um, you know, with, you know, claustrophobia issues or or different kinds of anxiety issues that may be. Um, what I want to say, though, is when you're going to get this, it's not about your condition. It's not about saying, I have this, so give me that. Mm-hmm. That They're going to say, no, you're good. Um, you need to be very specific about what your needs are. They don't want a doctor's note. The fact that your doctor wrote a note to say that you should get this mm-hmm. is not going to help you. You just need to be specific about what your needs are. I have a, I cannot wait in the regular queue because of X, Y, and Z. This is what I need assistance for. It's interesting because technically, by law, they're not allowed to ask. Well, they, they can't ask what your disability is. Okay. But they can ask what you need help with. Okay. So that's what so they're, they're asking. I can't walk, I can't stand, or... And, and if the case of I can't walk, I can't stand, they're probably going to tell you this is not going to help you, you need a mobility device. Gotcha. Um, but if your issue is, like, for a child with autism, um, I know in my, our particular case with Ben, and 
I mean, it varies. If you know one kid with autism, mm-hmm. you know one kid with autism. I mean, it's very different. Right, it's a big spectrum. Um, right. So for us, it was having that, being in that line with people all around him, especially when he was smaller. Um, it was a lot. It was, there was a lot going on, and I couldn't be in the middle of a queue mm. and him have a freak out and not be able to, yeah. to go anywhere. So being able to wait somewhere separate, that was what was helpful for us. So I... It almost wasn't even really about the condition. It was about this is the accommodation I need, and I think that's how they work that. So tell us what help you need, not necessarily what's wrong with you. Gotcha. Excellent. Um, I I think I'm one of these people who probably do not speak for the majority of people going to Disney. I believe they should do away with all this, and I'm sorry if you have a disability, make a special accommodation. <laughs> I just think that that's the right thing to do. I think that people with disabilities have enough challenges in their lives that now they have to go to Disney and you know get a special access and you know worry about being pushed through a queue. I think Disney should make rides accessible through some kind of uh, removing of barriers or something like that, but I don't think that's always that possible. That help Tracy's situation that she described. But I'm saying if they have a special entrance that says, okay, this is a zero weight. The problem is, is people. Yeah. The problem is people, right? The problem is I believe that if given the choice, Disney and other companies would love to do that. Yeah. But the problem is people and the abuse. Screaming not fair, not fair. Yeah, people screaming not fair, but also the abuse. Listen to the people who complain that the people with a wheelchair get on the bus before they do. Because there is that one seat on the bus where they can sit. Or that a person might get on It's a Small World before them, but there is one boat with one seat in it. So uh, I just, I am staying out of this conversation I because it makes me angry. <laughs> it does. And, you know, I just want to say for, th- there is no doubt, and I don't believe anybody at this table would say that this is not an abused system. Um, there are people in the parks in ECVs that don't need them. There are people who will get this disability pass that doesn't that don't need it. But that is not the majority. And I am going to say something on top of that. That is not your place to decide who that is. Right. And that's what I wanted to say. Like, you can't, you, the idea that you, you could be, you're angry about this. You're angry that because this is an abused system and you lash out at somebody. You don't know that that's not the somebody who really needs it. Exactly. And I can tell you for the person who really needs it and who's in there, legitimately for lack of a better word they would rather be anywhere else anything else nothing would make them right. happier than to be able to stand in that line right. with everybody else and experience you also have people other people who are promoting this fantasy they are Ruby Goldberg once said that she wouldn't go back to Disney World because too many fat people were in scooters I say bye don't come back yeah. yes I believe there are people that are abusing it I think that is a small number of people and you need to decide that you're going to err on the side that I don't know who that is. And I think anybody who thinks that someone is renting a scooter because it's more fun should spend the day in a scooter. Exactly. In those scooters that go so slow. Oh, I know. I know when Chris had to use one, he just, it, it was to the point where he didn't even really want to go. Like it just wasn't even worth it because it was so, and I have to say, you talked about Disney and, you know, making it accessible. We had to travel other places with Chris when he had his broken foot um, that weren't accessible and didn't even make the effort. Disney is one of the most accessible places. And so we realized just how much Disney Absolutely. was doing. And everybody, you know, you kind of you think it's just the norm, but when you get outside of that bubble and you realize it's not even almost the norm. I'm going to say something about somebody we know. 
Okay. We have a friend who lives in North or South Carolina. I apologize, Skip. I'm going to talk about you for a minute. And Skip tells me that Disney World is the only place on earth he can go by himself. Mm-hmm. He gets on a train in South Carolina and comes to Disney. What? I think it's North, but in same my idea. mind, the in one the of the Carolinas, <laughs> it's like North and South Dakota. We should just call them Carolina and Dakota, um, <laughs> just so I don't get me. Ah, oh, there goes more listeners. <laughs> There's nobody in North and South Dakota. Um, I'm kidding. Right to Tracy. Uh, but he comes here by himself. And Skip needs assistance most of the time. He doesn't hear. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty big thing. But no one who is using a mobility device has an easier time of it. And if you think they do. That's one of the things yeah. that really bothers me is people think that somehow this is they have it better. They have it easier. Look they're how well things are. They're getting there first. They're getting there faster. They're getting more than I'm getting. Insane. Please rent a scooter for the day. Yeah. I'm happy to have you rent a scooter for the day and try it and tell me how much more fun you're having. I remember when Ben was younger, somebody said to him, why do you keep going back to Disney all the time? Don't you want to go anywhere else? And he said, at Disney, I'm just, I'm just normal. Mm. And that was what it was about. They just leveled the playing field yep. enough that he just felt normal. And so these extra things that they were doing that other people see – as special and above and unique and, you know, unfair were things that just made him feel normal. And so that's what it's all about. And that's, I believe, what the whole Disabilities Act is about, is leveling the the playing playing field. field. Exactly. And Disney does, I think, a better job of that than anybody. Um, I think you're about to wrap up. If I can leave you with anything, there's a lot of research out there. There's a lot of places. The Disboards has a whole disability section, and there's a great uh, moderator over there, uh, Sue. She is a wealth of knowledge. She has that board running like a fine-tuned machine, and the information there is comparable nowhere, I don't believe. Um, So there's a lot of information for you to... Now, don't go on there and pose and say, I have this. What should I... What what are they going to do for me? It's not that kind of board. Right. You want to go over there and you want to feel sorry for yourself. And get, you're not going to get that over there. You're going to get people who are going to be honest with you, who are going to share what they need to share with you to help you, but under also people who understand that every single person is different. Exactly. Um, so there's a lot of there. Disney has a lot of information on their website. Traveling with cognitive disabilities, they have a guide on their website about that. Um, each of the parks, they have their, their guidebooks on. So you can be more prepared than I was. And I, I was embarrassed to admit it. I didn't know about these changes. Like, I didn't, because that wasn't part of our world for right. a while. They can access hearing. There's access for hearing disabled, yep. hearing disabilities. Excuse me. There's a lot out there. Yeah. So We have a lot of experience with this. It's, you know, we talk about this quite a bit. Um, Kevin's mom used to be in a wheelchair. But since she has passed and we don't go to Disney that much with someone in a wheelchair, we don't keep up with a lot of yeah. it. So again, this is something that only someone who's experienced with this will know, you know, all yeah. the ins and outs. I do want to say one more thing. You talk about Disney being so good. Think about even the United States and Canada has their own disability act. Going to Europe was a surprise for us. Going to Asia was a surprise for us. We went to one restaurant and Kevin said, um, he had to use the restroom, and he said, is there a restroom on this level? Oh, yeah, there's one on this level. You don't have to climb any stairs. Well, the restaurant was two levels down. That, the first one they told me the, level, the restaurant was two floors down. But it was the restroom was we went to that restaurant where they served the duck, which was just weird. And um, they said to you, oh, no, where we got you all set. We know you, know you can't climb stairs, so go use this restroom that's on this level. What did you have to do to get to this restroom? 
you had to leave the restaurant through a, the kitchen and go down four stairs and go across a cobblestone courtyard and go up four stairs and go through another restaurant to another set of three or four stairs and then go into a third restaurant where the bathroom was on this level. And I came back and I said, you thought this was accessible? <laughs> we had to go through a courtyard that was pitch black. I had to put my phone out so that we could see where we were going. And there were line. stairs at each point. But they couldn't understand why we didn't think it was okay. We stayed in a hotel in Germany, and they said, oh, we know you need... Um, I have trouble with bathtubs. I need a stand-up shower stall. And they said, oh, we're going to put you in the accessible room. Well, you got off the, fl- the elevator where that room was, and there were three steps up to like a, a, a mezzanine level, and then into our room were three more steps. And then when you got into the shower, there were two steps up into the shower. I'm like, Kevin, you have to step up into the shower. <laughs> How do they expect anyone with a wheelchair or with anything? I don't understand right. how they think about it. But yes, Disney is certainly the gold standard when it comes to you know accessibility and access for sure. The United States, if you're. If you're leaving the United States, you have to be prepared for less accessibility. Absolutely true. All right. Like I said, you know, this is a very, very big topic and we can't possibly cover everything, but I'm glad Tracy brought us up to date on some of the changes. So if you're traveling somebody who needs those um, special needs, who has those uh, requirements, hopefully that has helped you out. Thank you, everybody at home for joining us. Thank you for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week and we hope you have a great vacation.